0: You're gonna feel good by getting that additional movement in there. And it's gonna be a whole lot easier to be like, you know what? I did say I only needed to do a 50 minute walk, but maybe I'm gonna bump that up a little bit. I'm gonna go for an hour or I'm gonna go for an hour and 15. And slowly but surely, the 7,000 steps could turn into 7,500, then eight, then nine. The point is, regardless of the damn number, that you are making an improvement upon where you were, who you were before. And those smaller action steps are what collectively, between your fitness, your nutrition, mind, body, spirit, are going to help you reach that ultimate goal of Changing your physique, losing 50 pounds, whatever that really, really big, seemingly unachievable mountain it is that you want to climb to get to the top, we have to think about those smaller steps in getting there. Let's link up with Krista on the Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well being and physical strength. What is happening, Fixed listeners? Welcome to episode 41 of the podcast. I'm back for another solo episode. Appreciate everybody for tuning into the last one. That was two weeks ago, in case you missed it. Would love for you guys to check that one out. I talked all about the top nine lessons that I've learned over the past year as a solopreneur and how a lot of those can be translated to your fitness, nutrition, wellness journey. Today, I'm back with another conversation that is going to talk about a lot of different things and I'm grounding this in an upcoming challenge that for those of you who follow me over on my Instagram at the Krista Huber might have seen me post about a little bit. It kicks off if you were listening to this episode on Thursday the day that it drops September 30th it kicks off tomorrow. It is the 550 challenge. Now If you've been following me for a little bit if you've heard me talk about this on my show on other podcast episodes that i've done you guys know that a few months ago i participated in the 75 hard challenge created by andy frisella the founder of first form wanted to do it for a long time had stopped started stopped started and then finally come march i was like you know what i'm going for it it was one of the best things i've ever done it's a mental toughness challenge And it is freaking tough. No sugarcoating it. A lot of people out there want to poo-poo it, say that it's too restrictive, call it a diet. It's actually not a diet, uh, but that's a podcast for another day and really something that Andy covers pretty well on his own show when he discusses some of the criticism that he gets against it that is actually really good PR. But anyways, I digress. What I really wanna talk about is how that challenge has now impacted the rest of my life in such a way that I want other people to be able to experience it, but maybe with a few tweaks here and there. If you are somebody who feels like it is a little bit restrictive or it seems too difficult, I got together with one of my great friends and mentors, Jay Sieno, his amazing wife, Danielle Sieno, and we are gearing up for our version of this challenge called 550. It is five activities every single day, you guessed it, for 50 days. And this group that we are assembling, putting together an accountability program that we are creating is actually a part of a larger mission that I think at some point I'll actually have Jay come on the podcast and talk about. It would be awesome to hear from him and his whole story and his background in real estate. But it's just a way to really level up as an individual if you want to be your best self if you want to execute discipline you guys know how i feel about motivation i think it is utter bullshit and i think there's times when it works but it's usually the thing that gets you started and it's definitely not the thing that keeps you going then this is the challenge for you It consists of the following. I'm going to break it all down and then I'm actually going to talk about a few elements of it that we've already gotten a few questions on in terms of members who have joined our accountability group. I will provide links in the show notes to that accountability group if after listening to this you're interested, want to join, want to participate in it. We'd love to have you. I've also got it linked over in my Instagram profile if you're already connected with me there. And we're just going to run through it. I'm going to give you the 411. I'm going to explain to you what I think you can get out of it based on my own experience why I'm excited about it and all that good stuff. So here we go. So what is the 550 challenge now that I've been talking about it for a couple minutes and still haven't laid it out? It is the five activities as follow-ups. 50-minute workout. That's your first one. Follow a clean diet that does not include alcohol. Yes, no alcohol for 50 days. That's usually the one that people think is super hard. Second, 50-minute workout. So it's two workouts total, treating those as two different activities. If you wanna do them back to back, that is totally fine. The goal here though is to really get you to think about one of these as more of a recovery. So in my personal opinion, I'd even go so far as to say to make that second workout a walk or your first one, doesn't matter which, but I personally would break it up as one walk for 50 minutes and then one workout you know guys i'm going to push that resistance training and talk all about that and say that that would be my workout of choice if it's a rest day i'll opt for something like yoga that's been something that i've really gotten into over the past six months and then the last two are read 10 pages of a book and drink one gallon of water every single day The idea behind this is to be so consistent that you stick to it and commit to it every single day. There is the caveat that if you miss one of the activities, you're typically encouraged to start back from the beginning to really truly be honest with yourself in seeing whether you can commit to something no matter what other circumstances come your way in that day. And hint, hint, my best advice is to be a planner. That is how you make this successful, and it not seem as difficult as it might sound as I'm sitting here rattling off all of the details of it. But it's just really to show you that there are just a few things that if you can make them pillars of your day, you will be an all-around happier, more successful, more disciplined, and really at that more motivated in my personal opinion because i think that the discipline ultimately drives the motivation when you start to see those results in the long run and i love for people to be able to look at it that way in every aspect of your life i for one in participating in the 75 hard challenge which includes a lot of these other elements the other ones that are missing that are not a part of this list are taking a progress picture every single day i'm not gonna lie i thought that was a little bit annoying and a little bit tedious And little food for thought, as someone who is a nutrition coach, I obviously encourage my clients to take photos And I just think every single day is pretty monotonous and sometimes can get you a little too hyper-focused on looking for changes when it takes a few weeks to see them. It was pretty cool to be able to swipe through and see that transformation over time. So I'm definitely not going to knock it for that reason because I'm usually the person, and I'll throw myself under the bus here in saying this, that I forget to take photos for my coach. And I'm also the coach who's constantly hounding my clients for photos. If you have worked with a coach before and you've ever done any sort of one-on-one accountability coaching, you guys can certainly appreciate that from personal experience. But other than that, a lot of the elements are really similar. Some other details that changed are like whether or not you can do the workout back-to-back, that's usually not a part of the program. But really for us and Jay and I and Danielle and all three of us getting together talking about this, we were really set on taking these foundational elements and encouraging people to see that making them a part of your day is going to make you a better you. I, for one, in terms of a professional lens, reading 10 pages in a book was the best. And I've talked about this before on my own social media piece of doing that program. And I'm very excited that starting on Friday, October 1st, I'll be getting back into doing that. I love to read. I love to read. I love listening to podcasts. I also love listening to audio audiobooks. And I. I just kinda got away from that over the last few years, whether that was because I was busy watching Netflix or really busy being stuck on my phone, managing something on my social media account, editing something for this podcast, finding all these different projects to do, going out with friends, whatever it is, I kinda got away from reading. And I think that I always thought it would be too hard to fit that in and I had this mindset of, well, the chances of me finishing a book are slim to none, so why would I really bother? 10 pages you guys you would be shocked at how many books you can actually get through by only reading 10 pages why because usually if it's a good book you read those 10 pages and you want to keep going that's for starters and that certain has certainly has happened to me a few times as i've experienced these types of challenges that have involved these various activities second is because it's just a reminder that you can take a very small goal and I really want to focus on this one and make a point about it for like a minute so here's my monologue take a very small goal make it tinier so chunk it out however you want to and make something bigger happen as a result of this so obviously this example is you read 10 pages in a book Boom, before you know it, you've completed a book. And then in 20 days, maybe you've read two books, depending on how fast of a reader you are. I don't know. I will say I'm a pretty fast reader, but there's just something about having this on my task list, my get to do, not my have to do list, because I want to do it because I know it's going to make me better, that I feel like I'm just a sponge absorbing more information. And for me, it showed up in making me a better coach. I tend to stick to more self-development type books or business related books. You guys have heard me blabber on before about Atomic Habits, whether I'm being interviewed by other coaches or I have other coaches on my show. It's such a good one. And I really use the opportunity to participate in something like 75 Hard and now this 550 challenge to help me level up as a coach in reading information that would allow me to better relate to my clients be able to figure out better content that could come up on my social media and even just a better way to kind of design my life and design my day. And I think that with our phones and with technology and with the opportunity to be like, hey, I just want to decompress and jump on Netflix or whatever your your relaxation of choice is, it's so easy to put reading and those sorts of things on the back burner. And I've just had a nice reminder from all of that, that I love to read, it's really beneficial, and it's something that doesn't have to seem like such a daunting task. I will also provide the little pro tip, I got this from a friend, but it definitely has worked in my experience and it's something I'll be carrying through for the next 50 days, to try to read first thing in the morning. So what works for me in redesigning my schedule a little bit to be more effective and efficient, because that's a big part of this and something else I'd like to touch on in just a second, is figuring out what works for you and how to stick to that. I found that if I woke up right before I got out of bed, instead of reaching for my cell phone and letting the rest of the world enter into my universe to start the day, I had 15, 20 minutes, slowly woke up, opened my book, read a few things to get my day going. I felt so much more creative throughout the rest of the day. Felt like the creative juices were flowing. I got ideas for things I wanted to talk to people about. I felt like I was better able to relate to people in conversations, whether that was doing podcast interviews, talking to friends, just learning different lessons that I could apply to my personal life, to my business, whatever it was, and promoting other books with people and talking to people like, hey, what are you reading right now? it just made for such better more quality conversations and i think we can all attest to the fact that we've certainly been missing that over the past year and i don't know there's something i'm i'm a little bit of a book nerd i guess by saying all this but there's just something nice and novel about actually holding a book that's a paper book in your hands so if it were me and up to me i would really tell somebody that if you're thinking about getting back into reading again Buy the book, mark it up, see it as a living, breathing thing. My last episode on the podcast, my girl Erin Downing, who was in episode 40 just last week, she talked about this and I loved that analogy and that word that she used to describe a book as like a breathing thing and something you should write on, something that can be revisited. Maybe there's a book you read a couple of years ago and you felt like, hey, there were some good lessons in there. Why not use a challenge like this one where it's simply asking you to read 10 pages a day to jump back into it? But overall, I see that as a really important way to highlight the fact that sometimes we get so stuck, so fixated on this idea of, oh, I gotta lose 20 pounds and I need to do it in this timeline, that we lose sight of the fact that losing two pounds every single week, which is super quick, by the way, and would be amazing progress, or even losing one pound in a week, or 0.5 to 0.7 of a pound in a week, is not progress. Somehow we forget that that is still propelling us in the direction that we want to go. And I can only hope that this can serve as a reminder that every change that is moving you towards being a better version of yourself, a better Krista, a better whoever, is going to help you get to that be all end all person you have in your mind. So that's kind of my little spiel on everything related to the reading and how much I've loved making that back a part of my routine and I'll be totally honest ever since I finished that initial challenge I have not been the best when it comes to keeping that as a staple of my day and I really want to make the commitment now and I'm going to record it and say it out loud on this podcast so I can hold myself to it and anybody out there can hold me to it if they want to. Once I start in this 10-page groove, I'm going to keep it up well into 2022. I'm going to keep looking for new books to read. All that to say, if anybody has any book recommendations, please hit me up, send me a DM, share it with me. I'd love to share it with fixed listeners, followers, participants in the challenge. We'll drop it in our accountability group, and everyone will get to benefit from that in the long run. Other things I wanted to highlight in talking about this. I briefly mentioned the whole idea of workouts, how many you should be doing, the one and two workouts, always a point of controversy. So I'm just going to address it and say this. Why do I emphasize something like walking as your first or second workout or one of your workout options? I don't really believe in two days because my perspective is this one. If you needed a second workout, I'm going to go ahead and say that you probably didn't work hard enough in the first one. make that necessary if you attack your first workout and you put in your best effort why should you be doing two that's for starters however the benefits of walking we know there's a lot of conversation these days around walk more get your steps get your steps it all comes down to neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis is totally underrated when it comes to fat loss and not to mention guys it's a great way to get outside Clear your mind, just like I described that example of me reading first thing in the morning as a way to have a little bit alone time. That's what I like to do when I go on a walk. Obviously I take bean with me most of the time, but it's just such a good way to clear my head, living literally blocks from the beach. I obviously have some nice routes to walk along the boardwalk and the sand, just being out in nature and helping you really calm your nervous system. And you know how I feel on stress management if you've listened to this show before shout out to my coach sonia for really hammering that into me as making that such an important pillar of my health an important marker litmus test of how i'm feeling and where i am in terms of reaching my goals one of them for me is slowing down i get easily stressed out Um, If you guys have noticed, I've been a little quiet on social media lately, and that's actually because I've been very busy managing a brand new schedule, and I will share more. I think I'm going to save a podcast episode to talk all about my latest venture with the Fort Athletic Club. I'm so excited about it. We've been heads down, doing the work, preparing for an amazing facility in Oceanport, New Jersey. So anybody who's listening who is local would love to share more about it with you, but As an aside, I think that there's too much pressure on like move more, move more and giving you the structure within a challenge like the 550 challenge to say, hey, hit your workout, be consistent with it by doing it every day. First and foremost, you know, I'm going to preach that resistance training because that's where we see actual body composition changes. But secondly, 50 minutes of a walk, you could get a good 2000 steps right there. And if you are somebody who is usually pretty sedentary, you have a lot of meetings all day, you're sitting at a desk, you're on Zoom, whatever it is, maybe you're only averaging about four, 5,000 steps a day. And to go back to my whole point that I just made and talking about the 10 pages and how that can be like a part of a smaller goal and a journey along reaching a bigger goal, these step goals are kind of the same thing. Someone decided at some point that 10,000 steps was the magic number couldn't tell you why. I guess it just sounds good. And I will say I've definitely fallen into this category of being like, yeah, 10,000 steps. If I don't hit 10,000, then I didn't quote unquote do good enough. Well, if your baseline was only 5,000 steps every single day, it honestly is a little bit unrealistic to be able to jump to 10,000 steps within the next day. But you know what's really cool? If you can commit to a 50 minute walk that's outside of your normal routine, all of a sudden you probably could turn your 5,000 steps into 7,000 steps. And remember, guys, everything compounds. That applies to your fitness and your nutrition in terms of the time investment you're making. All you're doing by taking that little extra amount of time, it's less than an hour, it's less than an hour of your day you can wind up doing that consistently every single day that's another almost five hours of movement just between Monday and Friday and if you're staying on it and you're sticking with this challenge and you're doing it seven days every single week for multiple weeks straight well now you just really increased your step count and I can guarantee you that because of that compounding effect but by the time you spend let's say your first week or so Hitting around 7,000 up from your number of four to 5,000. So let's call it six to 7,000 steps. By that second week, you're gonna feel good by getting that additional movement in there. And it's gonna be a whole lot easier to be like, you know what? I did say I only needed to do a 50 minute walk, but maybe I'm gonna bump that up a little bit. I'm gonna go for an hour or I'm gonna go for an hour and 15. And slowly but surely, the 7,000 steps could turn into 7,500, then eight, then nine. The point is, regardless of the damn number, that you are making an improvement upon where you were, who you were before. And those smaller action steps are what collectively, between your fitness, your nutrition, mind, body, spirit, are going to help you reach that ultimate goal of, changing your physique, losing 50 pounds, whatever that really, really big, seemingly unachievable mountain it is that you want to climb to get to the top. We have to think about those smaller steps in getting there. Now, obviously you have your other workout that you need to do, drinking one gallon of water. I think everybody out there knows the importance of hydration and getting water in your day it is pretty hard to get a gallon if that's also not something that you're used to but try it see where you land same idea maybe you start off in the first couple days maybe you're like i want to do this 550 challenge but i'm not ready right now i'm going to kind of dip my toe in the water set some benchmarks for yourself see where you fall if you're only getting about a half a gallon how can we bump it up just a little bit my favorite thing to do with tracking water and making sure that i'm in a great spot the hack is the bigger the water bottle the better the water bottle personally i also love water bottles with a straw as i'm recording this you guys know i have my water bottle sitting right next to me so it's coming into the frame if anybody's watching this on youtube you'll see it and this water bottle i think is about let's see 32 ounces. So I always tell myself, I'm gonna drink at least three of these a day. I get over 100 ounces of water that puts me in a solid spot. So maybe if I look at that as my baseline or my benchmark over the next 50 days, let's bump it to four plus and see how I do. Setting yourself up with a real expe- realistic expectation of where you were before and those minor steps to where you wanna go make a huge difference. And I keep harping on that point, but I think I really want that to be the overall arching theme messaging of this podcast episode, but more specifically and overall, this 550 challenge because people can look at it holistically and be like, oh my gosh, those are so many things to complete. But if we break it down the way that I am walking you through it right now, describing all these benefits, obviously I'm trying to hype it up as something really great because I want you to do it too. But I want you to do it so you can see this and you can believe it for yourself versus me just sitting here telling you to do that. Now, the one that I saved for last is the one that I really wanted to dive in a little bit deeper in terms of the science and kind of break down some myths and some language around the words clean, around the words diet, and the two words together, clean diet. So the fifth piece of this challenge is to follow a clean diet and not consume alcohol for 50 days. Whenever I tell somebody that I've done 75 hard or I'm attempting a challenge like our 550 challenge, the first thing people look at, it, they're like, oh my goodness, I couldn't not have a glass of wine for 50 days or I couldn't have a beer or whatever it is. First things first, personally, I'm one of those people who when it comes to tracking my food, I have always been really big on saving room for food versus saving room for my alcohol. That's just me. Love a glass of of wine just as much as the next girl out there. But personally, I also really love ice cream and cookies. So I'm always playing the game of what am I willing to give up for some period and what is more worth it to me? And I usually just choose food. That's just me. All that said, though, I think it's really important to highlight the fact that, first of all, the word clean diet, not necessarily my favorite. And I'm going to start with the word clean. Somebody in our accountability group, I wanted to shout her out and say that I so appreciate this question, was looking over our five activities that we have to complete every day for the next 50 days, and she said, hey, what constitutes a clean diet? Because I'm not so sure that mine is very clean. I love that question. I love that she asked because she wanted to clarify, and it opened up such an interesting, in my opinion, conversation about what that does actually mean. And... I think the word clean is a difficult one. And I can make a joke about like, well, is your food actually dirty? It's, it's a funny word. And I think the reason why it's become so common in talking about how to approach your diet, how to improve your diet, I think there's just obviously the association of clean foods are things that are quote unquote healthier, like your vegetables, all of those obvious sources of nutrients. And the dirty foods would be anything from say, I don't know pizza, desserts, whatever. Technically, none of those things are clean versus dirty, but I'm also not one to say there's a list of good foods and bad foods. I believe that you can make anything work as long as you can figure out how to be flexible And that's where the beauty of actually tracking your food intake comes in because you build awareness around what you're eating. You measure what your intake is and then you can make the decisions like what I just described And do I choose alcohol or do I choose the dessert? Do I choose alcohol or do I choose pasta? In a way that doesn't feel restrictive for you. But people like to use this word clean just to kind of like have this organization in their mind. So for me, when someone asked me this question, I actually took a really similar approach to what I just described in terms of reading 10 pages in a book, increasing your step count and increasing how much water you're consuming. If you know in your head, okay, these are the healthier foods. These are whole food sources. That's a term that I do love. Getting your vegetables, getting your fruit, Protein sources coming from animal meats or plant based protein sources over, say, protein bars or protein supplements. There's a time and a place for all of those, given your schedule, given what your day to day looks like, given how you need to reach your goals and where your protein is at just based on those whole food sources alone. Then you can kind of supplement in with those other things. But I said to this person in answering the question of what do I consider a clean diet, I told her. Look at all of the things that you eat on a daily basis right now. No judgment over them. Trying not to label them as good versus bad, clean versus dirty, and just being honest with yourself and instead asking the question, what food makes me feel my best? Maybe there's an element there that is what food gives me a lot of satisfaction, And that could be something like pizza, right? Like who doesn't love eating pizza? It's delicious. It gives you satisfaction. But do you feel your best after eating it? Maybe not. And that's where this good and bad, this clean and dirty, for me, list can kind of come in. So have a piece of paper out. I don't care. Do it in your phone. Put it in your notes section on your phone. And just say to yourself, okay, here's the things I ate today. If you're somebody who already tracks your food, great. Then pull out your MyFitnessPal, whatever app you're using. On this list what foods made me feel really good and then write them down and those should be your foods that you are going to keep as a part of your version of your clean diet then you make a list of the foods that didn't make you feel good and if i had to guess those would be the foods that i would probably advise somebody to remove first in trying to quote unquote clean up their diet why do i say that it sounds kind of elementary but i think it's really important because i don't think a lot of people really know how to listen to their bodies and this is where the movement of intuitive eating has really come from but at the end of the day it just comes down to biofeedback it's the same type of information that we get from stepping on the scale it's a piece of information that's communing communicating something about how your body functions about how you feel whether you're bloated, whether you're energized, whether you feel like you have brain fog, if you don't pay attention to those things and you eat something just for the sake of it tasting good, that's probably not always going to be the best method in you figuring out exactly what works for you. So that's kind of the clean portion of this. The second portion is the word diet. This is a fun one (laughs) and with this, The point that I'd really like to make on this one is I think that the word diet, in my world, I like to think of the word diet as what you're consuming, period. No negative, no positive necessarily. We could say positive connotation to it. And I was talking to my podcast editor about this when we were kind of running through this episode and I was bouncing ideas off of him to see if everything I was going to cover made sense. And who knows, I'll listen back to this and think that I was rambling for half the time, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. And he said to me, you know, I think what you're really trying to communicate here is that maybe the word diet should be hundred percent replaced with the word nutrition all the time. And he's so right. Nutrition to me that has a very positive, enriching, think the word nutrients, think all the variations of the word nutrition, has a positive connotation, a nourishing connotation, a sense of what can I put into my body? What information can I consume? What thoughts can I have in my head that are going to make me feel really good about myself? Whereas diet has kind of become this like, oh, if you're on a diet rather than what you're consuming, like I feel like The word diet in the sense that I think of it is almost sort of clinical, but probably it's become a part of our jargon of, oh, this means you're restricting something. This means you're getting rid of something. And that's not how I want people to look at it. So I'm going to commit to being a little more thoughtful about that word choice and say nutrition instead. Not only the food on your plate, but the people you're surrounding yourself with, the thoughts that you're having, all of that. Anything related to your health, your wellness, both physically and mentally, I would say constitute your diet, a.k.a. not your nutrition. So if you made it this far in the episode, maybe I've convinced you to participate in the 550 challenge. Maybe I've convinced you not to do it. But I'm going to recap all of the activities that we are asking you to do, and that is two workouts, 50 minutes apiece. Workout number one, workout number two can either be back-to-back. You can combine them. You can separate them throughout the day. I'm strongly urging that one of those workouts be considered a walk or something a little more leisurely, even if you just want to go for a bike ride. Get outside, though. Enjoy the outdoors, nature. All of the benefits of those things are really important. Next, we've got our clean diet or our better focus on our own personal nutrition, however you define better. Plus, no alcohol, reading 10 pages in a book, and drinking one gallon of water. If there's any piece of that that you want to try, even if you're like, you know what, maybe I can't commit to all five, that's okay. Maybe there's one on that list that's been super hard for you over the past year. Then pick that one thing, come be a part of our group. We're gonna cheer you the heck on the entire way, bringing that positive energy bringing nutrition advice, bringing fitness advice, encouraging each other by sharing workout ideas. We'll be sharing recipe ideas. All of this is a part of our accountability group, which is literally called 550, and it's powered by a super cool app called Geneva. So I've got the link down to it in the show notes. There is no cost to enter this. It's a completely free program. We've already got over, last I checked, 40 people who are participating in it. And then some encouraging them to invite friends, family members, coworkers, whoever. We'll be talking about our books that we're reading, sharing ideas there, and just again, encouraging each other to look at small ways we can make ourselves better. And the last piece I want to emphasize on this entire movement, because I kind of skimmed over this. If it seems overwhelming to try to get through these five activities, and listen, there are days when I've tried variations of this challenge when did I have to hit a workout by doing some YouTube yoga pretty late at night? Yes. And those were the points when I felt like I was kind of just checking a box. But having had that experience, what I now have learned from it is how to structure my day to use these five activities or tasks as a commitment to myself, to honor myself, to give me time for me When I have a whole lot of other things going on and a lot of it comes down to planning and putting this into my calendar at points where it makes the most sense for me, whether that looks the same every day or not. You know, a lot of times for people, we talk about this with tracking our food often. Your Monday through Friday or your Monday through Thursday may look pretty different than your Friday, Saturday or your Saturday, Sunday kind of meals. Same with this. Maybe Monday through Friday, I'll follow one kind of schedule that really works for me. And when I fit some of these things in and Saturday and Sunday, it looks a little bit different. But what I do know without a shadow of a doubt is that doing these types of things is always better when you have other people around you to do them, and that's really the purpose of what we want this group to represent. We want everyone in this group to feel like there's somebody else they can go to and be like, man, that was kind of tough to do today, or hey, I got this awesome idea from this book that I read, or I tried a new workout because I was committed to adding in that additional workout, or because I was committed to working out more frequently throughout the week, or maybe you're not somebody who drinks a lot of water and you start adding lemon and other things to sweeten it and you figure out that that was like the hack that you actually needed. So come join us, we'd love to have you, we'd love to cheer you on, all linked down in the show notes. Follow us over on all of our Instagram pages. I will share Jay's Instagram handle, Danielle's Instagram handle, My own Instagram handle is always down in the show notes as well as the handle for the podcast too. And we're going to be documenting our progress and I'll probably update you guys throughout as we go through and I continue to do some more of these solo episodes and solo conversations. I feel like once I kind of get my groove and get going with it, they're pretty fun. But today at some points, my brain was working a little bit more quickly than I could get all my thoughts out. So any questions you know where to find me. Shoot me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know if it's something you're interested in doing. If there's any takeaway you had from the show that prompted other questions, I would absolutely love to hear from you guys. As always, this has been such a fun episode of The Fix. Love linking up with everybody every single week and we will be back next week with another episode. Have an awesome rest of your day.